You're listening to Marcus Sahaba Online Radio Podcast. Just going 8.36 Central African time and uh, that time of the evening where we join our very own uh, Anwar Qasim, who is a mashallah, a powerful uh, mechanic owning his own workshop and also a economist. Uh, he's got his degree there and alhamdulillah lectures uh, part-time at uh, different institutes. Anwar Qasim, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And tell me, I've been this fine, uh, beautiful evening. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alhamdulillah, Brother Shafar, but the heat, I think, is getting to all of us. I, you know, here in Springer Beach, you don't really get low chair, alhamdulillah. But, you know, everywhere else, I can't fathom what the people must be going through when the fans and the air cars are not working for the few hours because of load sharing. So I pity them, you know. I, I mean, they must most definitely have a lot of sabbat to go through this heat, Brother Shafar. I tell you, Anwar, uh, you know, you talk about overheating and you being in the field of... Uh, you know, motor uh, mechanics and so forth. How's the overheating of cars, Anwar? I mean, uh, oh. if you find like this humidity coming through, uh, does it uh, help in uh, the problem of overheating, Anwar? You know, the, the motor vehicles of today um, are very efficient. In the sense, uh, if you look at the modern vehicles, you know, especially the luxury vehicles, most of the water pumps, for what's sake, the thermostats are actually electric. You know, so alhamdulillah, it has a certain amount of efficiency. But the disappointing factor, what I realized, you know, over the years, is a lot of these couplings, these rubber hoses, are actually held together by circlips, unlike the old conventional um, clamps you used to have where you used to screw it on, you know. So I find more than frequently or more than often, this plastic houses tend to give way. And we're all aware that uh, when a vehicle heats up, you know, it, uh, or it loses all its water, the temperature gauge doesn't necessarily go up. Reason being, it works off water temperature. So that is actually posing a very big problem for, uh, you know, uh, customers out there, consumers out there. But also at the same time, most of the other smaller vehicles are also very disappointed. does not come with a heat gauge. It comes with a warning light. And by the time the light starts flashing in your vehicle, it's a bit rather too late because your head gasket or some major damage has already occurred. So obviously it is disappointing. You know, we all grew up with the notion of checking water and oil. You know, and I think with the conference of the aluminium motors that's out in the market, I think we have that extra confidence. So we rely a lot on the electronics and the gauges, you know, that's supplied with those vehicles. But I think they could have actually created more efficiency of the early warning system for most of the customers out there, you know, on this uh, motor vehicles. Because, you know, just yesterday I had a vehicle, uh, I-10, that was sold into the shop. And a good example, the guy didn't realize and he insists the heat gauge never go up. And it burst a water pipe. I think most probably his fan will, uh, never kicked in as such. All the water was uh, let out. And uh, today when the guy stepped in at the shop, we realized two of his persons had holes in it. All 16 valves are leaking. You know, so it's obviously a detrimental effect on the engine itself, which actually uh, we're going to do a full overhaul on the motor just because of a lack of water or burst pipe. So it is obviously exorbitant on prices. Yeah, and if, uh, you know, you got the right ratio of coolant and water, uh, uh, that could be a, ma- a major factor of, uh, you know, preventing this uh, overheating, Anwar. You know, that there's a notion about coolant, you know. Um, the the fact and should be told, you know, it's supposed to be a percentage, 50% water or 50%. Some vehicles recommend 20 to 30% of coolant, you know. And I always recommend my customers to buy a brand. When I say a brand, you know, certain times you can actually go off the shelf. But obviously, coolants are not to be mixed. They don't mix well. They erode your cylinder, especially because most of the vehicles are aluminium nowadays. It actually corrodes it. 
So you, you're not allowed basically to actually mix antifreeze, firstly. And secondly, there's a notion going around where if you put 100% antifreeze, and I had vehicles that came to me that had 100% and they felt like it actually does justice to the motor. But because it is so high, you know, um, in the concentrate, it actually damages the motor. So obviously, uh, you know, one needs to look at the book itself or the manual and go through the percentage and exactly what is recommended for the vehicle. Also, one needs to consider the climate we live in, the province we live in, when it comes not only to antifreeze, but also the oil that is allocated for the said vehicle, because those are important aspects when it comes to the life of the motor. Yeah, Jazakallah for that, Anwar. Also, uh, you know, looking at our articles uh, this evening, uh, it says uh, motorists urge uh, to not buy agriculture products on the highway. Yeah, I know that uh, trip we do from Umkubaba and all that. Hey, they're standing with the avos and what and what they sell, Madumbe and all that. Well, you know, this is a thing more around the country, telling us not to buy agriculture products on the highway. What's that all about, Anwar? You know, ironically enough, I read the complete article on that, and it disappoints me to a point. Uh, really speaking, you know, I don't actually, uh, I'm against any thievery or crime that might take place. And to blatantly actually say this, like, you know, most of this uh, grapes, and they took N1 in Cape Town, actually, as an example, and please don't support them because they are stolen goods. And I think it's a very broad, broad straight uh, statement to actually make. Because just the other day, I traveled down to South, uh, to Margate. And here you get all those guys, and you can actually notice the boxes. So these guys are actually buying these fruit and veg. Or, and you can notice the boxes. And they weren't dodgy packaging as such, you know, what was explained on, in that article. And these guys are trying to do an honest living. You can see them pushing a barrel from I don't know how far. Because they all sit in the wheelbarrow, and they got these crates, and they got the boxes that it was actually it came in. You know, so I, I don't really condone... Stealing, as I mentioned, but obviously when a person wants to support his family or support himself, I'm all for it. You know, I think our government should actually realize that people are from the informal sector, you know, that should be created or being given a space in our infrastructure. There's nothing to accommodate them because the moment we see one of these vendors, especially at the roadside, at the robots especially, you know, we tend to think they are wrong of them because of the bad publicity. You know, obviously there will be isolated incidents, but I think our government should step up the mark of the councillors in the areas and create some abode for them where they can actually sell their goods, where they can actually create a supply because obviously there might be a demand. That is the reason they are sitting on these freeways. So not everything is stolen, Shafar. So when it comes to the article, maybe if you isolate and you take uh, Cape Town alone on the N1 and because of a great producing place, then obviously maybe to a point I will agree to that. But uh, I don't think we should actually brand all the sellers out there as, uh, you, you know, they're stealing the stuff. So I, I really think that would be unwise of us to do. Yeah, and well, you know, there had been incidents of, uh, you know, people being mugged whilst they stopped. Or in uh, certain instances, uh, vehicles being hijacked. And, uh, you know, that uh, reality is uh, something that, uh, you know, we have to be aware of. Uh, your thoughts? No, most definitely. You will always have those isolated incidents that actually dark that passes a dark shadow over the rest of them. 
You know, and as I mentioned, you know, if we created an infrastructure where they could operate on a legal basis, we won't be having them actually sitting on the roadside and endangering not only themselves, but the, the public itself, because we will have the element of crime that will actually take place in these areas, because it's obviously an easy scapegoat for them. On a public highway, they can easily hijack, easily rob people, and yes, you will find that problem. But if people actually, you know, once again, I will mention, if people actually stepped up the mark and created a vote for them, I, I don't think, you know, it will actually go uh, unnoticed. And secondly, it is illegal to actually sell on national roads, and that, that is by legislation or by law. So our government should actually do something about that, uh, because the fact is they're trying to earn a honest living. So try to promote what they are trying to do. Yeah, but Anwar, on the highway, <laughs> highway is just one way, fly on the highway. But today, now you're getting distracted and so forth. But that's another topic altogether. Moving on, Anwar, we notice uh, back to the future. Toyota gives uh, 1980s icons the zero emission treatment. What's that all about? You know, I will start off by saying when I went overseas for the very first time many, many years ago, Everyone told me the moment you see a, a, a Japan stamp on anything, buy. Anything on China, don't buy. I didn't understand. I was very really young at that period of time. And over the years, I, I realized Japan always tends to outdo the rest of the nation or the world when it comes to technology. Here we find that uh, these uh, Japanese uh, manufacturers actually took the AE86. It was an iconic vehicle at the time in the 80s. And they created one battery electric vehicle and one hydrogen engine out of it. You know, this will showcase that we can actually take an old vehicle and make a zero emission vehicle. And they were so confident of this vehicle, it was actually one of the uh, trial pieces that they actually decided to invest $70 billion into this uh, uh, effort or this technology. And by the year 20. I think it is 2030 as such. They would have or anticipated the sell 3.5 million of those vehicles. So once again, uh, you know, Japan is the forerunner when it comes to technology, I believe. And it is something that is trustworthy. If you look at the Toyota vehicles itself, you know, it actually stood the test of time. So alhamdulillah, you know, it's something to look forward to. Yeah, well, everything keeps going right, Toyota. Now for the latest car accessory, Anwar. Heated seat belts. Hey, I want to, I mean, I don't bring a hot water bottle now because it's too humid, people. Just bring some cool lime juice for me. But talk to me about this uh, seat belt here, latest car accessory, heated seat belts on. What? Now we go into Germany. The German car, uh, car parts manufacturers did it, and we notice quite frequently in our vehicles we have a so which means there's a leading authority when it comes to car parts manufacturing, even if you come to the OEM or the aftermarket spares itself, you know. So what they have actually decided, and this is solely for the electric vehicles. Now, we all know the heater uh, system itself is actually controlled by the climate control unit. Itself. And if you look, if you consider our electric vehicle, we're utilizing battery life. So every time you put the climate control on, you're utilizing battery life. So obviously, you're going to find much more frequent charges uh, between traveling spaces. So what they did actually decide to do is not only make heated seat belts, but also the steering wheel. 
what they found after some analysis that they have conducted is the fact that uh, if you are actually feeling warm, there's no reason to use the climate control so often or frequently, especially in the cold countries. You know, it's like basically when you go out there, you put a hat and a glove and you feel warm, you know. So I, I think they had that theory in mind when they designed this too. And um, uh, to be told, they haven't really selected as to which uh, cars or motor uh, manufacturers this will be supplied to. It's still in the early stages at the moment. But so far, it has proved uh, technologically very, very fruitful for the company. So, uh, alhamdulillah, you know, we will notice that, uh, oh, so once again, you know, I, I don't think it will be appropriate to come into South Africa because of all the climate we have. Even in the cold winter's day, we can count it as the, the cold days, you know. So I, I suppose it's more for the polar regions as such. Yeah, good point there. Absolutely. Uh, this is shocking. Volkswagen Group uh, car sales dropped to the lowest level in more than a decade. It seems I know why, Anwar, because you're no more buying Volkswagen. No, I think it's a phase. Volkswagen is when you're in varsity after school, and then when you have your first kid, you're still with your Volkswagen, and they obviously you realize we need to incorporate safety and so much more efforts, a vehicle with so many more airbags, and it goes on. And I suppose they, from there, you know, being a German vehicle, you move into other German vehicles like I did on Mercedes. You know, uh, when it comes to VW, the drop in sales, they dropped after a decade, uh, I think, uh, 7%. So the actual sales of vehicles last year alone in 2022 was $8.3 million. They came the second run-up for three years in a row. And when they competed against Toyota, Toyota did exceptionally well, although there was a very slight drop in Toyota vehicles at uh, $9.5 million for the sales of last year. Now, when we consider the boat, if you look at uh, the luxury line vehicles, Mercedes dropped 1% of sales last year and BMW was 4.5%. So obviously we know that it, it isn't really the manufacturer's fault or bad publicity, whatever it is. I, I, more than anything else, it contributed to the Ukraine why it contributed to China having the uh, COVID-19 globally. You know, I think it affected the car park uh, suppliers itself. So because of that, I think mid last year, we had a very, very bad downfall when it came to car sales. Although it picked up in the latter part of the year itself, all the car sales started rising because so many borders and doors were open again, you know, when it comes to manufacturing. So, alhamdulillah, you know, we most probably will see a steady rise. Uh, that also we need to consider because we went into a global recession. And, you know, uh, globally, unemployment has its rise. And, you know, the market is right down and the interest rate is uh, extremely high at the moment internationally. So even that will actually curb the sales in the year to come. But I suppose, you know, uh, if they had to forecast, I, I think we have, will have a slight pickup uh, in consideration to what stock they had last year. Yeah, and, well, and also uh, online driver's uh, license uh, renewal system leaves uh, some motors uh, fuming. I went there on Monday uh, down to Winkelspreit, and I left uh, quite early. I got there at about, uh, say, 20 to 10, and I'm going to the security. And the security tells me, sorry, we're not giving out any more forms. Uh, and this, I said, what? I drove all the way in a cubby, and you tell me not giving any forms, and then subsequently... I said, okay, oh, you know what, I need to because I t uh, this is the only time I have. I said, go talk to the manager, and then that, uh, it happens. They say, oh, at 10 o'clock, we're going to have load shedding and so forth. I mean, you, you, you try and do online uh, uh, booking. You can't get that done because they say, no, it's not done in this province, other provinces. It's in shambles, uh, Anwar. It's in shambles. What do you do? And it's, uh, it's, it, it, it has left some uh, 
uh, motors fuming. And what? You don't really blame them. You know, a few years ago, uh, you know, uh, thinking about this, my license is actually going to expire, I think, in April this year. And a few years back when I did renew it, I think I left home at half past four in the morning to sit in the dark, to sit in the cold and wait there. You know, and I think they puppetized all of us because, you know, we wait for these authority figures to come, open the door. Everything at their own leisure. There is no fastness in whatever they do. You know, and I'll be blatant when it comes to any government department right now. Maybe they are overworked or they're overstocked, understaffed. I really don't know. Maybe underpaid. I'm not really sure. But the fact of the matter, we bear the brunt of all the negative that happens at any government department. When it came to one it was mentioned earlier uh, a few months back that all provinces will be online and all you need to do is go online, book your uh, your uh, license renewal, and you'll get a time and you go within a specific, uh, specified time and that is it. But unfortunately, the only uh, province that has it at the present moment is Kauteng and Eastern Cape. Now, most of the uh, provinces are not even registered on the systems. Most of the companies are closed down or the native system is down because of one is corruption and obviously because of poor equipment, broken uh, systems, you know. So there is so many negatives going on, Russia. But obviously, you, you're not going to get headwind. You know, you'll be fortunate if you go the first time and within the first few minutes, you'll get anything done in any government department. You know, so when it comes to uh, that, well, one thing our, uh, our listeners need to understand, although your license, your card license is expired, no traffic cop can actually give you a fine for it. Reason being, it never does expire. Because if there was such an expiry thing, you know, they will actually impose a fine if you are late. So I remember the, uh, the few, about five years ago when I renewed mine. It was about nine months uh, in areas, uh, I will put it blatantly. And the fact is there is no fine imposed on it because unlike a motor vehicle, if it's unlicensed, you will pay penalties. Your driver's license never expires. So you can actually drive your license if a cop stops you. All he can actually do is tell you, you know what, your, your license has expired. You need to renew it. That is for the benefit of the system. It doesn't really benefit too much in any way. Reason being, if they implemented the point system, then it will come into play. But alternatively, it doesn't really affect your life, and you will never get a fine. And if you ever did get a fine, Instead of waiting for court, they go to any clerk of the court and explain to them, and they know the law very, very well, because you're not supposed to get a fine from any traffic cop when it comes to an expired driver's license, because no driver's license, unless endorsed by the court itself, is really expired. So that on that side, I think we are safe. But when it comes to the time factor, when one has to wait, basically, whether it's online, whether it's in these queues, Russia part, it's becoming a nightmare for anything. And that is the reason why people are actually losing faith in all the systems. I, I know one a gentleman, I think he held on for 38 minutes and finally the call was dropped. We came to this uh, online, uh, you know, this uh, the, uh, the license renewal just to find out exactly which problems it is. So yes, there is some good that comes out of it because some people are very happy with the fast response of suppose but it all depends in which area they're allocated but a uh, majority of them are really disappointed about it you know Anwar, uh, beside the south coast of uh, you know the area we live in uh, we go to Bunkel is there any other alternative around any other licensing offices that uh, offices uh, that are nearby 
Yes, you know, there were, uh, obviously, we, we've got Rosper on the other side, which is an undated from the morning. Uh, I will put it widely, 24 hours, because and no matter what time you travel past, you'll see queues outside the gate. You know, so we got uh, Rosper. We, we used to have, uh, I, I think, Pine Town is also... Pinetown is quite efficient. If you go down to Scottsboro, most of the time they're basically offline for anything, you know, even if it comes to Pasco. So, unfortunately, I think Wicklesfield and uh, is about our best option because they look at a traveling distance itself. But if you're looking, if you want to be served much quicker and more appropriately, I would rather go to Pinetown or I would rather go to uh, Rossboro. Okay, as I noted, they're more efficient there. Well, and what we're looking at 38 jobs in South Africa that pay over 100,000 rands a month in 2023. What are those jobs, Anwar? You know, most of us, if you look at, uh, there's an oversaturation of any type of job nowadays. And when a survey was done, I, I think they took 150 job categories, and they found... Uh, about 81 of these uh, categories earns or starts of salary is over a million rands annually. And uh, 38 of them start, start of salary is 1.2 million. But obviously to get into the threshold or to get into that job, it takes a lot because in those 38 jobs, they're actually asking for experience, not only qualification, for between 8 to 10 years. And obviously there's an invasion of, uh, there's, a, there's too many overqualified people in our country at the present moment, depending on what sector we're talking. If you're looking at HR, you're looking at finance, you're looking at technology. On those three fields alone, when the analysts looked at it, they found there is abundance of the, the, uh, of workers in that specific field, you know. But some of the fields that is actually paying good money, if you look at the HR exec, you look at the equity director, you look at the head of legal, the group treasury, all in upper management level, uh, you know. So, once again, we don't know, you know, how loyal or... Because also, you must understand that when COVID had to come in and uh, take its toll in the world, you know, a lot of us were home-based. We sat at home. We were quite comfortable in our, our zone. It grew onto us. Some people were happy to go back to the working environment. A lot of people like to stay home. But nowadays, the upper level of management like to actually work from home. You know, so they don't want to really go to the office so frequently. And the, 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 the company has to be a, a well-cultured company itself. You know, so they also is scrutinizing companies before they actually enter into those companies because obviously there will be an agreement uh, that will be put in place. So, you know, you've got to be actually quite content both ways when it comes to that. So when it comes to, you know, South Africa, uh, once again, uh, you know, I honestly believe at this moment, you know, if you have a secure job, keep it at this present moment. Because really speaking, the unemployment rate is so high out there. You become a number and a replacement at the blink of an eye. You know, especially with the economy on the downside at the present moment, you know, we need to look after what we have because I, I think all of us are actually drowning in debt. We All of us are going through trying times. Every time we go shopping, we find that the, the prices of goods have exorbitantly went up so much more. It's not a few cents anymore. It's not a few rand. It's gone up to about 100 bucks. It, it keeps on rising. So inflation is not all-time high. You know, and we're expecting, obviously, with our government passing, you know, although we got low cherry on one side, and, you know, I, I would have felt it wrong if I did not mention our government when it comes to ESCOM itself. And they have passed the bill. Initially, it was asked for 32%, but uh, they passed the bill of 18.65% increase. And, you know, latter part of the year, they will review again once again. But 
here again, Tivri uh, doesn't stop Al Shabazz. We are paying for something that we do not have any benefit from. People are losing fridges and freezers worth of stuff. So, with all this uh, into perspective, you find that our job losses are high at the present moment. Un- unemployment is high. Companies are closing its doors. You know, companies are taking losses, especially in the fish bridges business, especially in the tin business, the canned stuff. So, you know, one need to be guarded against jobs, especially in this uh, moment. When, and I'm not really sure uh, how long it will take, when the country somehow be hopeful for stabilization, when that actually surfaces, then a person should actually consider, you know, moving up the ladder itself. But if you have a quite secure job and it pays the bills at the moment, try not to actually jump at this present moment. And Tzakalakir for a top show onward as usual. Your parting words before I let you go. No, Alhamdulillah, I'm enjoying the heat, uh, brother. Yeah, amongst myself and my family, and I'm more grateful that we don't have low chili. Alhamdulillah to that. You know, so inshallah, you know, I, I, all our kids are going back to school tomorrow, and uh, that is something great. And my last baby, my daughter, she's in metric, and alhamdulillah, I think a lot of uh, first-time kids going, you know, parents will be all nervous and stressed at this uh, moment. I know myself and you, Brother Shepard, we were exactly there. We weren't sure how our kids would behave. But make sure, you know, alhamdulillah, those kids need the independence, and that is what actually creates that uh, self-awareness within themselves, you know. So alhamdulillah, you know, just be easygoing and be grateful that alhamdulillah get to live another day. Alhamdulillah, and well, our wise words indeed. Uh, you have a lovely, beautiful evening ahead. We'll talk to you soon. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Yes, sir. Time for us to go for the Isha Zan, and inshallah, we will continue after that.